All right, welcome back to the Turner Time podcast. Uh, back here with another episode for you guys with uh, your host, Caleb Turner. And I'm joined today by a special friend and a fellow podcaster, uh, Sam Butler. How you doing, Sam? Howdy, howdy. Living the dream, man. How are you? Great, great. Uh, living up in this uh, 75 degree humid weather down here in San Antonio, right in the middle of January. I imagine don't, it's a little, a little different up in Utah right now, huh? Don't do that to me. You're killing me. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> it is uh, not 75 degrees here, um, but I'm exaggerating. It actually got it was like 40 or 45 today, so nice. uh, it's not that bad. Not that bad out here. Awesome. Uh, just for the listeners, so uh, Sam, Sam and I met um, in Provo in, in Utah. We were both going to school there. And met through church and had a lot of fellow interests, um, a lot of things in common, basketball, and just, you know, hang out and became good friends. And here we yeah. are, both, uh, both part of the podcasting realm these days. So good to have you here. Yes, yes. It is, it is good to be back, back, in, the, uh, back in, the, in our virtual booth. Exactly. Yeah. I, I went on your podcast, I guess it was probably over a year ago now. Correct. Uh, yeah. It, Shout Woo! Um, and uh, I saw I saw you guys kind of wrapped up things for the year and are going to, you know, start up kind of a new season here in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did a little blitz at the end of at the end of December, recorded a handful of episodes. I didn't do too good on promoting them because because um, I had finals and whatnot for the right, first right. couple um, and the last couple since I was traveling and whatnot. I recorded them in Ohio. I took all my recording equipment with me on the plane and uh, yeah. And like, they went fantastic. Uh, I've just, for like, I had like, I had to edit a couple things and I just was, I didn't have it on the very, very top of my priority list. But once right, I got, right. once I got everything ready and rocking, it was, it was great. And then I just recorded another episode with one of my buddies from high school that will be released. Uh, what's today? Wednesday. So it'll be released on yeah. Friday. Friday. Oh, very cool. Friday in La Manana. So that'll, that'll, we're starting off 2020 on a high note. So yeah, no, no kidding. We're starting off with a bang. I like it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. So for all of you who would like to follow Sam, it's the nameless podcast. Y'all are on Spotify, Apple podcasts, the whole, uh, all of the it. whole collection there. Um, and yeah, we'll just kind of dive right in. Um, I'm going to, hit on a few different points here on this podcast. Obviously there, there's a lot going on um, in the sports world right now, but also um, across the various interests that Sam and I share. So we'll touch on a little bit of the, of each of these things, but start out with probably the biggest stuff, biggest sport, which is football um, for all of us Americanos football. Um, and we're, we're in uh, the prime stages here playoffs. Yes, uh, sir. Got the Super Bowl coming up in less than a month. And it hasn't exactly gone as planned or as a lot of us thought it might. Right. Um, Isn't that crazy? There's the, the, so the final four teams that we've got, um, we've got Chiefs versus Titans. Right. And then we've got the, the Packers and the Niners. So two of those teams, I think we're expected, the Niners and the Chiefs. Um, but the other two, the, the, the Packers maybe, maybe a little bit more. Right. But even then, I mean. 
you know, kind of kind of some upset, a lot of upsets going on. I, if we're uh, going, especially. if we're going by where everybody thought during the preseason, uh, right. oh yeah, 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 even more so. This is this is nuts. I mean, you would have expected New England to be up there, you know. Exactly. I think Chiefs and Patriots would have been a little bit more uh, predicted. I mean, I, I think that was forecasted, but we got something totally different, which I like. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. And I mean, it the the, the Chiefs' path to the Super Bowl has gotten a lot easier. <laughs> uh, significantly. Um, at, at least, it, at least it seems. You know, I mean, the Titans could give them, give them a run for their money still. Yeah, but we could possibly, you know. Possibly see Andy Reid get into a Super Bowl. I'm Pat really, Mahomes get for a Super Bowl. I'm really torn. Uh, I'm really torn with with that series because I'm a lifelong Philly Eagles fan. So I'd love right, right. I'd love nothing more to see Andy Reid get his first Super Bowl victory. But then, no on the other hand, I'm an Ohio Buckeye faithful as well, and Mike Vrabel has been outstanding mm. as a coach. I mean, yeah. I mean, he outcoached Belichick in their game. Um, Straight up, yeah. So I mean, and what their their game plan's nuts. I mean, it's pretty much let Vrabel chalk up some crazy stuff. Tannehill is like he. I think he's thrown for less than two hundred yards combined in those games. Um, and yeah. Derrick Henry's like, here, I'll I'll take the ball. Yeah, I'll be smooth. He's a freak, dude. He is a yeah. freak. But it it's crazy. They've got a pretty simple game plan, but it's turned out all right i mean they've beaten top two of the top teams in the nfl so i mean we'll see let's see if it, yeah. if it's viable yeah no kidding uh derrick henry showed up to the last game in that the all white fit and i just knew something was going down <laughs> I, 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 knew, I knew he was not taking an l from the moment he stepped off that plane he said absolutely not i mean i mean what, what are you supposed to do when you have like he's literally the size of one of the linemen like he's yeah. it, like it's crazy. I think they These trucking dudes. Yeah, I think they name dropped like Judavian Clowney size on one of the games last week, and like that's that's <laughs> Derrick Henry size. Like he's he's yeah. a he's unreal. The thing that gets yeah. me about Henry though is he's so deceptively fast for how big he is. Like it's no mm. secret that guy's you know got a huge frame on him, but I mean he can move super well for somebody his for uh, somebody of his stature. Yeah, it's unbelievable to see, but I'm stoked for him too. Considering he, like, I don't think he's ever had a bust tag on him, but I think it was kind of like people have expected more from him. But he's he lived up to it this season. Um, yeah, he he definitely had a, a an, an underwhelming couple seasons there, and last season towards the end, I remember he had a couple games where he just went off when he right. when he was he was just like manhandling dudes right um, a couple times, but. Yeah, he's he really shut up this season, and man, he's put him on the he's put him put them on his back. No right. doubt. I wouldn't be surprised though if Ta- if they let Tannehill take some shots in the next game because, I mean, you're gonna I mean, you're gonna have to with the Chiefs. I mean, they exactly the fact that they scored fifty one points in such a short period of time <laughs> that was outrageous. Yeah, outrageous. And the, the Texans defense, you know, not not the most stout <laughs> defense out there, right? Uh, Need, need I say more? Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, fifty-one points, right? You can't. Yeah, if if that happens again, yeah, there's no, there's no way. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I don't know about those blasted Texans. I mean, they're they're not your Texas team, obviously. You're a you're a Cowboys fella, ain't you? I I am un- unfortunately. You know, um, man, I don't I don't know who I'd rather be a fan of. I mean, 
the Texans keep making it to the playoffs, but they they're just so underwhelming when they get there. Um, well, that's also the Cowboys. So. <laughs> <laughs> Except we didn't even make it this time. So. Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's that's the thing, man. This cow, the Cowboys have like a list talent, but hey, they got rid of Jason Garrett. I think cha- I think things are going to change finally. Yeah, they have. Yeah, to. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially yeah, McCarthy. Absolutely. I bet McCarthy's going to come back and just be ready to to just open up a can. I mean, it, yeah. his exit from the Packers wasn't so graceful. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was fired before the season ended, right? Yeah, he was. McCarthy revenge tour, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I I think it'd be kind of gnarly. I think it'd be that would be the best thing to happen to us. I hope that happens. Well, so. and this is coming from you know the the Eagles fan in the house, like. But I got <laughs> right, I right. I have a healthy respect for Dallas, healthy respect. Yeah. But yeah, I. I, I also I, I'm not gonna lie though I, I'm also rooting for the Packers in that Niners series though. Um, I, I, that that's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting game. Very. I uh, feel like the pack like the Packers don't like I, I feel like they are playing at like just good enough to win, and they've done it so many times. Like their record is incredibly deceptive. Like right. it's it's crazy. And Philly beat them too. And Philly put up a lot of points on them surprisingly, but. Um, I just like Rogers plays well enough at the moments they need him to. It's not like right. it's, it's not like they're just giving him the football and just letting him rip the whole game. Like it, it's like selective bouts that he's doing it. But I don't for sure. I don't know. I I it's a it's a very interesting series. What what are your thoughts on like Niners and Packers and and their and their path to this point? Well, I mean, this is gonna be. I, uh, Jim, Jimmy G, I mean, the guy, I don't know if any of us expected him to be where they are. Yeah, right that's true. All, right? That's a good point. So, I mean, this will be, be a huge test for him. Um, I, I, I think I would be more surprised if he comes out and looks very polished and looks very, like, looks like the more, like, well, not experienced because he's not more experienced than Aaron Rodgers, but I think he's going to have a few nerves. Um, He's obviously he's not he's not the most talented quarterback. We know that, you know. He's right. He's 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 kind of a game manager. He's kind of, you know, a little more conservative at times. Um, and so I think, you know, when it comes to the quarterback position, obviously the Packers have a have a, you know, immense advantage there, in my opinion at least. Right. Um and so but I the interesting thing, I mean, both these defenses, um, pretty pretty solid. Right. And so I, I think if there is gonna be a team that can beat the Niners, it's a team like the Packers, right? Who don't necessarily depend on this, um, you know, super potent offense necessarily, or just putting lots of points on the board, because you're not going to do that during the Niners. Right. The Niners. Um, but this team that can kind of grind it out, uh, a guy like Aaron Rodgers who doesn't need a lot of time, he can make plays when it, when it counts, you know? Um but I was just, you know, I was expecting these playoffs just to go such a different direction. I thought totally at the, at the end of the season, the, the way that Lamar Jackson was playing, I just thought, man, it's it's going to be Ravens Niners in the Super Bowl, um, and then just kind of all flipped on his head. So honestly, any prediction I make at this point, you know, <laughs> that doesn't doesn't have a whole lot of basis, doesn't have a whole lot of validity to it, probably. But yeah, um, it'll be exciting nonetheless. Um, what what's your prediction for the Super Bowl? What what two teams? Man, my head is saying Chiefs Niners, and my mm. heart is saying Packers Titans. 
Um, well, well said. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, the Chiefs, like the Chiefs, seem like they have it together. Um, yeah. And like I don't know, just the high-powered offense can just get you so far. Um, and yeah. wishful thinking, wishful thinking would be the Titans could still have Henry's output and have Tannehill in because everybody loves an underdog. Like nobody thought the Titans were going to be here at this point. They started off horrible. Um, And Mary, everybody was like, we're already writing off Mariota and just saying like, yeah, this dude's a bust. And like, like Tannehill was the joke. Like you think Tannehill's going to do that much better. And he kind (laughs) of has. Lo and behold. (laughs) So, I I mean, everybody loves uh, an underdog story, but, yeah. I mean, I, I would still be just as stoked with with any of those teams, but um, I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie though. My interest did lower a little bit once Philly was out. Um, yeah. I couldn't believe it; they still made it to the playoffs with all with all the injuries that they had. Um, so, like, but once Philly was out, even even with all the injuries and even like the overwhelming probability that they were not going to make it. Um, like yeah. still just lowered ever so slightly because of my fan bias. Um, yeah. but I, I, I honestly think no matter what team you put in the Super Bowl this year, it is going to be 10 times better than what it was last year. At least I hope yes. it was because yeah. last year's Super Bowl was atrocious, awful. Oh, so bad, yeah, terrible. So, well, and the, uh, the funny thing is, I feel like, um, if, if we were to get a Packers tied Super Bowl, it would be you know, like on, on paper commercially, like way less anticipated, way less exciting. Cause you don't have, you know, the big market teams, you don't have these flashy players necessarily. Right. But that would be an, ex- an exciting game still. I think that would, I think Titans Packers would actually be a really, really good game. Right. Um, and so, you know, I think either way, I think we are, I think we're going to get a good Super Bowl. Um, like you said, better than not hard to do, but better than last year, right? Oh, it, it, it um, better. I better see an offensive touchdown scored this year. <laughs> like, like are my gosh. are my expectations unrealistic? Uh, I hope not, considering yeah. the the year beforehand we had one of the best that I can remember. Uh, even if yeah. I take off my Eagles fan, even if I take off my Eagles hat uh, and just put on you know NFL observer. Uh, that game that was still one of the most like that. I feel like the 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 best template you could have for a Super Bowl is high scoring, but defense makes key plays. Uh, exactly, and, and, that, and, and of course at, at halftime you get some type of ample performer, which you know she, you know Shakira and J Lo. That's that's a pretty great combo. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not. I I hope they don't pull like an Adam Levine and you know, start to die when they hit those high notes. I hope and pray it doesn't come to that, but I, I don't think that's possible. I'm, I'm going to let, I'm going to let the Queens do their business. And uh, yeah, I, 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 just the bar's already low. Let's hope it doesn't get any lower. <laughs> yeah. So, so th- uh, the queen is not Beyonce, huh? <laughs> uh, well, I referred to plural. I said Queens. Ah, so queens, there are multiple. Queens. Oh yeah. No one is ever going to dispute queen B. Absolutely not. But fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. My, my, the Latinas, we'll have a Latina category, that's what we'll have. So, La, Las Reinas, Las Reinas, ahí está. <laughs> very good, very good. And, um, if you had to make a pick right now, winner who's taking Super Bowl, uh, who's getting those rings? Oh, logical pick, uh, is the Chiefs. 
but my uh, the heart the the emotional pick it's it's either Titans or Packers. One of those two. Yeah, I'm probably on. Yeah, I would probably go the same. I would go ahead. Uh, Chiefs heart. I I would love to see the Packers. Yeah, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers get uh, get himself a nice little ring. We know it probably doesn't have too many years left in the tank, although he'll probably surprise us. Right. Uh, but that I think that'd be really cool to see. Yeah. So uh, yeah, here here's to uh, an exciting Sunday afternoon here in a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shifting gears just a tad to another one of our uh, favorite leagues here in North America, the NBA. Woo! Uh, we're almost almost right at the midway point, I believe. Uh, we've got all All Star Weekend next month, but I think technically later this month we'll be right around the midway point. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I don't know. Major big major impressions so far this season. I can't remember. Do you do you root for a specific NBA team? I do not. I okay. I enjoy the freedom of being not a free agent fan, but just a uh, <laughs> just a general lover of the game itself. And uh, yeah. I used to root heavily for the thunder when they had kevin durant uh um, that's right that's i like right, yeah. i like everybody on that team except for westbrook and uh once once durant left i had no reason to continue to root for him um and i was certainly not going to become a golden state warriors fan uh yeah yeah that was out of, that was completely out of the question so i just i decided to take my talents elsewhere and uh, <laughs> and elsewhere being uh, nowhere. So <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. And and actually, I I think we, we share that um, in common that the the love for the Thunder, the the young. I I spoke about this in an earlier podcast. Actually, um, I fell in love with the that young Thunder team in like 2012. Yeah, when they went to the finals, right? Right. Um, and I actually I kind of lost interest almost immediately once Harden left, because <laughs> um, they were just I mean with those three guys. That was just a lot of fun, but I, I yeah. still I cheered for them a little bit, but it was hard because they they kept going up against the Spurs, so I had to I had to root against them a lot yeah. after that. Right, talk about uh, a conflict there. Yeah, no kidding. Um, okay, and I, you are also a fan of Carmelo Anthony a little bit, right? Is that? Oh, he's my dog. Uh, okay. You know what? I've got I've got a couple players that um, I will I will root for any day of the week. Uh, regardless of what team they're on. Um, I, I, I've got a couple that it's like, you know, you, you respect them because they are like, you've got your LeBron class of players where they're just, they're so blasted good that it, like any criticism of them is almost null and void. Up to, I mean, up to this point, but Carmelo's in an interesting class because he has such raw talent and he um, has been slept on. I feel like he, uh, both things in and out of his control, he hasn't gotten up to that exalted level of play. Um, and you can always stir the pot by being like, is, is Carmelo a, a Hall of Famer? Like, that's always a great one to get people riled right, up. Right. But, um, you know. Well, so- hey, he, he, he's having a bit of a resurgence. I mean. Huge. He's, huge. He's, he's, so, full disclosure here, I currently have Carmelo Anthony on my fantasy basketball team. Ooh, nice. Uh, we we are where it's a, it's a nine category league, so it is uh completely you know it's it's stat based. Just right. Kind of trying to get those uh trying to pad those stats, and he's getting <laughs> he's get he's getting me the points. He's getting me some boards. Yeah. Um, you know he's he's got some good percentages. He's been contributing, you know, 
around in different ways than he did previously. Um, I think it's he has an interesting role right. on this Trailblazers right. team. What are kind of your thoughts on on you know what you've seen from him this season? Uh, from what from what I've been able to watch, like Portland's been one of my sleeper teams for a while now yeah. because uh, I I like what they have done over the years where they they've they've really built around Lillard and McCollum and they went out and made a huge move and get getting white side. That was incredible. Um, But we can see in the league now that the way, like in order to be competitive in the modern league, you can't settle on having two scorers. You have to have at least four to five people who can get you a bucket when you need it on the, on like on demand. And the trailblazers didn't have that. So when they signed Mello, it made total sense for like on paper. Like, of course, everybody was concerned because he had been out for a little bit of time, and you know his his whole controversial way of thinking about wait, excuse me, like I'm not coming off the bench. No, I'm a starter. Like, you know, it was interesting to see how that was going to play in, but they've made it yeah. work. It just sucks that like their record is definitely not indicative of the level of talent that they have. It is more so indicative of the strength of the West because holy crap, it's it's stacked once again as we see. Um, I, I, I on paper, well, it, it's it's super interesting. It's super interesting because it's stacked one through seven or one one through six, one through seven, whatever. Right. But then like that eight through eight through twelve, eight through thirteen range is like super bizarre. It's like Twilight Zone type stuff. It's out where they're all. Every team is under five hundred. But they're all super, super close, right. and one of them's got to make the playoffs. <laughs> and so it's just like this really weird situation. And and the Spurs are right in there, yeah. Um, as are the Trailblazers, right? Right. So it's yeah, and a lot of it has to do with injuries, obviously, especially with the Trailblazers. You know, lost uh, lost Collins, lost Nurkic, right? Um, I would say, yeah. I would say personally, the biggest things that I looked for in the Western Conference, just kind of being an outsider. Um, and, and, and somebody who just generally loves the NBA, the things that I was looking forward to most was number one, I wanted to see Michael Porter Jr. start to, I wanted to see what the, what the nuggets were going to do with him. He's healthy now. Yeah. And if we look at, if we look at the tail of the tape, these players that get the year of rest that they need after Mm. draft, it's normally gone pretty well for him normally. And Michael Porter Jr. has highlighted a lot of those, strengths that everybody knows that dude can ball absolutely i mean it's it's crazy to watch his highlights and watch how much of an impact he can make and they're only playing him 20 to 25 minutes it's yeah it's unreal to watch him i think he's going to be a blossoming star i i'd say probably no later than next year the year after he's either going to get traded or um, or the Nuggets are just going to be so freaking loaded at that point, and they'll work something out with them or in that rotation. Um, that was one of the biggest things. And then obviously, you know, we've got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on one team and LeBron and AD right. on another. Like the Battle of L.A. is just – that is going to transcend everything in – in the league right now, regardless. And, of, and, and it, it has really, it's, it's lived up to the hype so far. <laughs> so far. Yeah. The two games that they've played have been just absolute slug fest. It's I mean, they've been competitive. It's brought out the best in both teams, even when, you know, the first game, Paul George didn't play in the second game, you know, George was back. Um, and right. you know, it was, it was still just a crazy, crazy, crazy um, 
series of events that happened. But, you know, even yeah. even when you see Giannis putting up his his game and, and how good he's like low key, the Bucks are outstanding right now. Um, yeah. But even even then, like I still in my mind, this it, I mean, ultimately, the top team in the NBA is going to have to fall to either the Clippers or the Lakers, regardless yeah. of regardless of record. It does not matter if you get a healthy rested Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and then on the same side, uh, AD and, and LeBron, like, going to be able to beat them in the playoffs besides yeah, good, each good other. Luck. Good, absolutely yeah. good luck. I could see Doncic and uh, – I could see Doncic doing all right, but the big thing yeah. with their team is Porzingis has not lived up to – it's almost like people have forgotten about the hype that surrounded him. Like, Luca. I mean, Luca's playing outstanding. Um yeah. But I, I, with that team, I was really looking forward to seeing how Porzingis was going to play. And he had, he's been all right, or maybe he's just been being overshadowed because Doncic is just so unique in terms of his playing style. Like we, I don't think we've seen anybody like him in recent memory. It's like it's almost like a reincarnation of a of a of a young European Larry Bird. Like what we're seeing yep, with him, yep. it's it's kind of crazy, but. Um, how's, how's it been for you putting up with, uh, with your, with your Spurs and their struggles this year? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's w- well documented at this point. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, man. it's been tough, you know, we, uh, we took another L tonight to the, to the heat who are another fun team we could talk about yeah, probably for hours. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's obviously been super tough. Um, caught it kind of the, this crossroads between, Sticking with our veterans, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge and DeRozan, and going full in on the on the youth movement, um, I kind of, I think it's really starting to look like if if we don't turn a serious page and go on a little bit of a run, um, I think we're going to see some movement at the trade deadline here in a few weeks. Um, yeah. I just don't think, you know, with our schedule that we've got coming up and with the way we're playing, like just inconsistent play across the board. Well, we'll. Win against the Bucks and the Celtics, and then we turn around and lose to the Grizzlies. Who you know, <laughs> the, Grizz, the, the Grizzlies are good. The, the Grizzlies are in the eight, eight seed right now, but yeah, it's just it's just tough. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see either one or both of Lamarcus and uh, Demar get traded yeah. kind of on the deadline. Um, possibly uh, a, a guy like Patty Mills uh, again sent to a contender like the Lakers or the Clippers. Possibly you know these teams that need a little more shooting, right? Um, and so, yeah, no, it's been tough for sure. Um, but um, it's always tough to see a rebuild happen because yeah. it, well, especially with an organization like the Spurs, because of the immense amount of success that they have enjoyed, not just, not just going by championships, but I mean, there was light, there was death taxes and the Spurs making it to the playoffs every year. Right, like that, right. like that, that's, that was just a given. And, it's odd to see it not be that way for once, you know, even, even, even when DeMar, you know, even when everything shook up with Kawhi and DeMar, um, you know, that, that trade going down and, um, and all that stuff, like, yes, it like they still made the playoffs and exactly they did. Okay. In the playoffs too. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's an odd thing to see, but uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is one of, I, I really like him a lot. I feel like he's a player that slept on quite a bit, but he's yeah, n- yeah. But sure. watching him, he's like that really talented dude at, at like if you go to the YMCA 
and you see a guy who's really tall, you're like, nah, I mean, he should be good because he's tall, but, uh, but he's, you know, he can do a lot of sneaky, good stuff. Um, Aldridge kind of reminds me of just that dude, like, you know, come like come playoff time, he would always just turn it up with Portland and whatnot. But I'm just like, he never really brought crazy amounts of athleticism to the game. Exactly. And, and he was on, he was right there. Like he's always had a good shot, but he's been part of this whole stretch four movement because, you know, if you watch his career, when he first started off, he wasn't dropping threes all the time, but then, you know, he was part of those people where like, he can pull up from anywhere on the court now. It just, exactly. It just sucks. Cause he's like the, I, he, it's almost like watching old yeller. You're like, like LaMarcus, I've loved watching you. You're great, but dude, you can barely make it down the court now. <laughs> yeah. I kind of want you to, to be taken out behind the shed and given your proverbial okay. uh, send off, except not with rabies and a shotgun, but more with Whoa. a wonderful retirement, a beautiful legacy. Uh, I'm going to cry right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I, I think it's it be- like I cried at the end of that book. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope he can get traded to a contender. Um, I would I would love that personally. Um, so, so you're saying the Spurs are not contenders? Uh, no, I'm, 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 I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I am yeah. I am sorry to to admit that, but uh, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean he, he he might be able to fulfill kind of like a Jamichael Green type role, maybe. Yeah, uh, you know that guy who just comes in, hits some shots off the bench. Yeah, I think um, I think he'd be beautiful trade bait for a team that wants to make a push yeah. in the playoffs and. You just kind of let him do his thing, and and then when playoffs roll around, let him do the Mister Big Shot routine one or two times when you need it, yeah. and uh, yeah. you know that can make all the difference in a series. So that's what I want to see, and uh, I honestly don't care about Demar Derozan. I don't really have any sympathy for him because he's never developed a solid three point shot. So uh, I don't expect his brand or his stock to ever go up or ever climb any higher than what it is now. Um, even though he is a great guy and he's a great player, but, uh, honestly, if you're, if you're in the league now and you get paid millions of dollars and you get an off season to where you can develop a shot, like multiple players have done it. Like, uh, let's talk about LeBron James and how he one eighty'd his, his three point shooting. Um, you know, that's, that's one example. I just, I don't really, I don't really respect players that, that don't develop that three, um, or, or especially a shooting guard, a shooting guard of all, of all positions. Like, dude, it's in, it's in the name of your position. It's shooting. Like that's what it is. Well, and the funny part is he, he has made some threes for us um, sporadically. And he, he said, he always says when he's asked about it, says he can make them, but chooses not to. (laughs) And it's just like this thing where it just like baffles me. Like, I don't understand like how this man, it works. Yeah. It's like, it's like, (laughs) Dude, you are you are universally renowned as somebody who can ball. Like you are, a, he's a great ISO player. I'd put him in the elite right. tier of players, one on one. He's a great scorer, but like, dude, it's just a couple feet back. <laughs> like we know you can exactly. do it, or we know you yeah. can, uh, or maybe you need to work on it a little more. But get it done, son. Get it done. But yeah, yeah. But well, uh, yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, you. No, you. You do it. Um... Well, speaking speaking of the Spurs, but segueing just a little bit, um, the news came out today that we are going to be the first team to get a little taste of Big Z, Zion Williamson, um, next week. He's making his debut against the Spurs. Oh, boy. Um, in New Orleans. 
I oh. believe it's on like, the 23rd or something. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, Zion. Oh, uh, boy. Obviously, big deal. Um, has been injured for the you know majority of this season. Um, he actually, I think he his last game that he played in the preseason was against the Spurs too. So that's kind of funny. Oh, how interesting! But, um, so that'll be yes, that's kind of a fun storyline to follow here. Yeah, um, I have a, I have a, a sneaking suspicion that he is gonna really show up and destroy the Spurs when we play the next week. Um, <laughs> we we tend to not play as well in New Orleans, and this kind of uh, I don't know. It seemed like a bit of a trap game where it's like, oh, it's his first game back. You know, he's gonna have some rust. And then he's just going to throw down, like, six just massive dunks all over Yaka Pirtle. <laughs> just, 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 dom- just dominate some guys out there. I could uh, see that happening. Uh, I could <laughs> I could also see it where he tries to go take a mega jump 360 windmill between the legs, <laughs> slam, and he's going to – his knees are going to be like, I don't know about that. I don't know. Is is there any is there any word on whether he's lost weight or not? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, the last I listened to a podcast this, this morning about it with uh, it's like the ESPN Daily podcast, and they said that they've been helping him rework how he jumps and how he lands, um, so that he doesn't. I don't know, so he can do it in a better way for his body type. Like he wasn't landing right, I guess. Oh, um... obviously. I mean, the dude's got like a crazy body type, right? Like he's unreal. Like a linebacker. Yeah. Like probably should like really probably should not be jumping and playing basketball <laughs> like he is. Um, but hey, here we are. <laughs> right. Um, and so that that was that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. I, I hope I sincerely hope that he does not blow out both of, both his knees in his first game back. Man, I hope but, not. Uh, you never know. Yeah. I, mean, I don't. I don't know if he's lost weight. I hope. I hope for his sake he has. Well, I mean. We just have so many benefits now with like modern training staffs, like like you know the whole the whole field of preventative care has just. I mean, the player that I would compare him to most directly would be Charles Barkley. I mean, watching Charles okay. watching Charles Barkley's early play with the Sixers, um, that I the way that he would run and what like I mean his play style was very Zion esque. Um, right, especially because he was an undersized forward like Zion is. I mean, Zion's only like six six, six seven. Um, he's not incredibly tall, but he can just leap through the gym. Um, right. Barkley was kind of built the same way. I mean, Barkley had a pretty good career in terms of his health. Um, I mean, he definitely had to slow down his game a little bit, and then he, you know, and then the rotunda jokes kind of kicked in towards the end um, and all that, but. You know, it, it it's got to be tough being, you know, getting being the absolute most hyped draft pick we have seen since LeBron James. Right, right. And you know everything that comes with it, especially because he's a, such an unconventional player. Um, I I hope I, I hope he has success, but I don't know. There's just something about his game that I've watched, like in the preseason and stuff like that. Uh, I I don't know if the longevity is going to be on his side or not. I don't know. We'll, yeah, I, I, we'll I see. think it's it's interesting because he has like one. I think it usually works to his advantage that he plays with like a certain recklessness or like this youthful, just kind of like I don't care what happens. I'm going to dunk over everybody. Like young, young Blake Griffin, right? Like yeah. just going for it, going 110 percent all the time. Right. But I think that could also come back to bite him in the butt a little bit, where 
you know, that recklessness and like not understanding the consequences of his consequences of his jumps right? um, could like also just end his career. Well, especially, I mean, and like (laughs) comparing him to Blake a little bit. I mean, we're seeing now the consequences of Blake's recklessness. Oh yeah. You know, six, seven years ago. Right. And the the guy who knows if he's he's ever going to play, you know, more than 50 games ever again. Yeah. That's, that's a major question mark. And, uh, the Pelicans have a team. They have a team structure right now to where he doesn't have to play like Superman. They don't need that right. from him right now. Right. He needs to like he needs to step off the gas pedal. He needs to be pl- he needs to play well enough to where you're still putting people in the seats. You're still getting your jams and whatnot. But I mean, uh, I mean, it's the NBA. It's way above my pay grade. Like you know, they've got coaches, staffs, all that stuff to get that stuff situated, but. Um, yeah, I mean, but they've they've got they've got a team unit that works well enough. I mean, Ingram has silently been a walking bucket this season. Um, yeah. You know, he's really come into his own. Um, Drew Holiday's always been huge for them. Um, having Lonzo around uh, helps out a little bit as well. Um, they've they've got pieces on that team that should shoulder more of the scoring burden. Um, right. They just need to let him like. That expectation. He doesn't need to be the rookie of the year. That doesn't matter. Um, Jaw's going to get that already. So, exactly. you know, let's let him have his fun. Um, Lock it in. Yeah. Yeah. More than anything, just let him get his role down. Um, you know, put a minutes restriction on him, make sure he's not playing too much, but, you know, leave just enough to where you're leaving people excited for it. And then, you know, hopefully he can get his body straight and go from there. But we well, shall, and- we shall see. Exactly. And I, the unfortunate thing is that's all dependent on the Pelicans being like, you know, this mature and professional organization that, to be frank, they haven't always shown. Yeah, um, yeah, very true. They, they have they don't have the best track record. Um, you know, they I, th- I think it was like two years ago, they were like they were thinking about selling the team or like or relocating because they weren't filling the seats yeah and they, they, the way they handled the whole ad stuff was a little bit questionable as well right um i mean it, and not not to mention his injuries and stuff as well over the years yeah um so you know i i sincerely hope that they can you know shape up a little bit turn a page and now use this up an opportunity as like a way to show hey you know we're taking this seriously right um, i would hope so <laughs> But two more things that are kind of on my mind with the NBA. The first one is, if I understand correctly, the whole dunk contest, um, that whole format has been changed now to where it's pretty much open invite, correct? Um, Because they're talking about, like, Vince Carter and Dwight Howard being in it. Like, Yeah, it seems like – I think they did still send out some invitations to specific people. Yeah. but they're kind of it, – it is changing a little bit. Yeah, because, like – because I think Dwight is going to be in it, like, officially. So That's crazy. I want to like, – obviously... yeah, and I heard Vince, too. Like, I know he can still dunk, but, like, are they going to have, like, a like a sideshow thing for these older players? Right. I mean, Dwight Howard's – yeah, Dwight's in year, what, 16? Like, or something like that. He's been – Well, I'm, I'm wondering if they might do a thing like they did with the All-Star game last year with Dirk and Dwayne Wade where they were like the honorary all-stars or whatever. Oh yeah. And they might just say like, okay, come on and do like, you know, do a dunk, but it's not really going to count towards like the winner. Maybe it'll just be like for fun. Who knows? You know what I thought would be cool for Vince is if 
he took one of those holograms that they use for like you remember like when mm-hmm. they did the the Tupac hologram uh, Tupac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, what if you had a Vince Carter hologram of him doing any of his famous dunks from Toronto and then like had it merge with him at the last second doing some type of like cool dunk? I think that'd be kind of neat. Nice little visual effect, you know. That would be pretty cool. And it, it, it would also it would ease the burden off of him a little bit. Yeah. And not, not make him do some crazy thing that's going to break his back. Right. Well, and then the other thing, uh, you know, of course, the all star stuff. If I if I'm not mistaken, do they do it to where basically the two top vote getters basically pick their they pick their starting five or they pick their team? How does that work? So. The I'm still a little bit confused on it as well, but yeah. So you're correct in that that the two two vote getters are the team captains, but they the top five vote getters from each conference. But it's it's weird. It's between the fan vote and the media vote. They will still select like a starting five, right? Oh, and okay. so for each conference, that'll be just voted on by the by those two groups. Right. And then I think the two captains have to pick um they actually i think the starting five is pretty much just like media uh, right like a ceremonial type thing like that doesn't actually have any meaning as far as the game goes okay so they announced those it's kind of kind of like the all nba team or whatever um so they'll name those and then they'll bring in and the coaches select the rest of them um and then they'll put them all into a a big pool and the two captains get to choose oh my god I think it's like twelve for each team or I something gotcha. like that. I got gotcha. um, Yeah, so I don't think I don't think uh, the starters don't actually um, aren't necessarily going to be the starters in the game. If that makes sense. Oh, I gotcha. And yeah. then it's it sounds like the two captains are probably going to be Giannis and Luca. Yeah, yeah, it's looking that way. That's crazy. Um, that's crazy, but that's also super cool because it it, is, it yeah. carries on the international implications of the game of basketball, like. It's it's that's exactly how it should be. I can't. I am hoping to see the proliferation of NBA level teams across the world. Like I hope these European teams, whether it's like Real Madrid, like I don't know, we we start bumping up more talent out of them and or get like competitive leagues going on now um, throughout all the world that are living. Like that's my dream of having like an NBA in the U.S. But then you've got like. The Euro, the Euro leagues are like on the same level, and then China's got a league, and then we get like a big UEFA tournament to decide, yeah, not just you know NBA champs, but then like you get your world champs going on, like just utter chaos, like where we get like a World Cup level of basketball play, like that would be incredible. Uh, yeah, I would love to see that soon. the The international implications of the game are super intriguing for me i think that's another exciting reason to watch the game now oh yeah i i I couldn't agree more um obviously yeah having lived overseas um for a while it's it yeah i like nothing more than seeing like that diversity scene you know bringing in other countries and then taking it back out to those countries as well um and like kind of what you're talking about made me think of you know the way soccer is right now right you've got right like champions you've got all these different leagues that are all top tier high quality leagues um, that can just produce, you know, it just it just increases the level of play of the game across the world that much more. Right. So I I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think Adam Silver announced that they're going to try and put a G League team 
in Mexico City. Yes, I read that. Point okay. I read yeah. that, yeah. That'll it's going to be, be really, sick. Really... Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um. So just real quick, um, just kind of going to run down um, a few of the guys we think will be first-time All-Stars. Um, obviously, there's a ton of really, really good young guys in the league. Um, and then in, in the Eastern Conference, especially with how many guys left that conference in the offseason, we've got oh. a lot more spaces, a lot more spaces opening up on the all-star team. Yeah. Um, so you got guys like Trey Young, obviously. Ice Trey. Looking like he's probably going to be an all-star, right? Easily. Um, and then I'm trying to think of a, an equivalent in the West. Obviously, you got, you got Luca, who will yeah, be a first-time that, all-star. Right. But who are some other guys that you're kind of looking at? Oh, first-time all-stars. Ooh, I, I do not know. Um. Oh, I'm running all the I'm running all the teams, um, and I don't maybe I don't know I haven't I haven't been as diligent in keeping up with the depth of the league this year. Maybe um, I'm not sure. I'm gonna like blindly throwing out names. Maybe Jamal Murray. Maybe did Jokic yeah. make it last year? <sighs> yeah, Jokic made it last year. Um, it's looking like he'll make it again. And j- yeah, obviously, uh, just to give a little bit of context, so you got. Um, teams like the Jazz, who who are surging right now, I think they've won like ten in a row or something. Yeah, and it's looking like either one or both of Mitchell and Gobert will probably make the All Star team. Yeah, uh, yeah, Donnie, then, Donnie would be a big one. Yeah, yeah, and then in the East, um, you got guys like Pascal Siakam. Yeah, um, you got uh, not sure if, if if you've heard of this, the guy in uh, Charlotte, Devonte Graham. Oh, uh, he's he, he's been he's been lighting it up. Uh, Check out some of his highlights. What highlights about uh, what about these Pacers that I see here? Do you think uh, we could have a Sabonis sighting, or maybe a uh, Sabonis, yeah, or maybe a, a Malcolm Brogdon, possibly? Yeah, uh, probably not Malcolm Brogdon, just because there's a lot of other really good guards. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Uh, forget how, forget right. how, I, I, yeah, because you got like Kemba, um, you got yeah, the Celtics then, with with three dudes scoring twenty points a game, crazy, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Hayward wouldn't be a first timer because he went with the Jazz, correct? Yeah, but bo- both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, if they were to make it, would be for first time. Oh yeah, that that uh, is some more fresh blood. And then uh, Bam Adebayo on the Heat. Oh, I forgot about Bam. Yeah, he's been a he's, huge he's sleeper. Been, he's been throwing down. He's been throwing down big time. Yeah, maybe, um, uh, him I, and one guy. Yeah. One guy I've seen making making some ripples in the West is um, Shea Gilgis Alexander on the. Thunder. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! He he had that big twenty twenty game the other night. Right. Uh, twenty points, twenty rebounds for a point guard. Like talk about rebounds. a surprise team. They are, yeah. yeah, they're the seventh seed right now. Um, I would have laughed had you told me that at the beginning of the season. <laughs> yeah. I would have completely laughed in your face had you told me that. Um, oh, but uh, no, I I guess not. I guess not. Here's a, okay. How many times has Damian Lillard been an All Star? Has he been a perpetual snub? Has he made it at all? No, he has definitely made it, but I think he was snubbed two years ago. But uh, he, that's a that's a good question for this year though because I don't they know. have a losing record. They have, they have a losing record. Yeah, they're they're not in the playoff race as of right now. Right. Uh, you got to make room. So that, are they gonna Are they gonna list Luca as a forward or a guard? A guard, I think. Yeah. So that that makes it even more difficult at that point um, exactly. for him to get through. Yeah, especially because I give Mitchell – I would definitely let Donovan Mitchell go ahead of him without a doubt. Um, you know, there's 
I don't know. Might be a little crowded back there for him. He might he might see himself on the sidelines again. I don't yeah, know. And like and he, he I think he's and it's been tough because you can't blame him too much. He's had he's had to carry that team a lot of the year, with, especially before Melo came. Right. Um, and so I think he's a little bit burned out. But mm-hmm. if you had to pick between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, if the Jazz only get one guy, who do you think between them goes? Without question, Mitchell. With okay, out of doubt, like. Mm. It's it's undeniable Rudy's effect as a as a defensive player, but I want to the like the things that I want to do when I watch him play on offense, um, mm. like uh, you know I I would like to like take a toothpick and like gouge out my eyeballs slowly <laughs> um, as I watch him try to even remotely be a competent offensive player. It's just atrocious for that reason alone. And especially since the All Star game, nobody plays defense. Um, I would, I would probably give Mitchell the nod over Gobert at that point. But yeah, I do think um, big men are overlooked. Um, yeah, that's fair. Big time, especially if you want to go by raw stats. Hassan Whiteside would make a an extremely Ooh. good pick. Interesting. Um, and Hassan Whiteside has never made the All Star team, I'm, I, if I'm not mistaken. And well, that that seems kind of crazy, actually, doesn't it? Cause out, he's been... Outrageous. That dude yeah. puts up like a double double, like it's nobody's business, with yeah. outrageous amounts of blocks too. And it, uh, I I don't know what has happened. I don't know what has caused his career to go this way. But I I, I don't know. I find that asinine that he hasn't made an All Star team. With, but I mean, stretch fours are treated way better where people can shoot threes than these traditional big men who are there to gobble up boards and dunk and block. Like it's, I wouldn't say it's a dying breed, but yeah, I just say they're not well-respected, but I think Jokic would probably um, yeah. get a little I think, bit more I think love. He's, I, think he's, I think he's a lock. I think Jokic will make it. Um, yeah. Last, last NBA question. Cause I feel like this is a guy that kind of fits um, the, the kind of prototype that you're, that you follow in the NBA. Uh, Devin Booker. Um, yeah. Is he is he a franchise player? Can he be the best the best guy on a championship team, or is he just kind of like a empty stats, just gets buckets, like just an offensive guy, and that's like nothing more there. Ooh, what, what are your thoughts? Man, what a tough question. Oh, very thought provoking to say the least. Oh. Because the Suns have been they they've had good stretches this year. Obviously, right now struggling a little bit more. Yeah, but they've looked good at times. Yeah, um, I don't know. He shows leadership qualities, um, and he can score. Like it is undeniable yeah. his ability to score, which is the absolute most important um, skill that you can have in the NBA. Is I mean, scoring the points. I, I mean, that's as formulaic as possible like you win games by scoring more points the other team obviously so like yes i i I think that he can he's still a young kid um he's he's got a couple more years left where i think he can really refine his game more but i think uh it's so tough to to have somebody be the all like the absolute um you know defining player that's a guard if we look at this league it has been four dominated i mean Mm. if i'm going over the most like the top franchise players it's number one lebron james uh Mm. number two Kawhi leonard and number three kevin durant 
not talking about yeah. currently, but if we talk about in the last decade, um, yeah, yeah. those those three dudes dominated the decade. And yeah, even like the even though the Warriors won, how many championships did they win? They won three. They won three during their stretch. Yeah, um, yeah three. Two of those Durant was there, and Durant was the best player on the team. And you know the year that the that the Warriors won, uh, Steph Curry was not the best player on that uh, during that stretch. It was Andre Iguodala that won the MVP award, who was a forward. Um, yep, yep. So the impact the impact spot is always going to be your your forward. Um, that, that that that's a really good insight that I hadn't thought of. Yeah, it, it just guards are important. There's absolutely no way that you can diminish their value but i mean a a forward ultimately i think it's the utility that they bring like well like lebron's referred to as a swiss army knife um Kawhi can guard any position on the floor durant can do it i mean there's just so much more that you can bolster your lineup with i mean durant they could have lined him up from center all the way up to shooting guard if they wanted to i mean He's got good enough handles where he and he's a very underrated passer where he can run point guard if you want to. Um, it's just at, at, you're so limited with what you can do with a guard um, that I, I I honestly don't see uh, Devin Booker ever getting to a point where he will have the same type of impact that we've seen. I mean, look at G- Giannis is another guy that's that like, he's taken over. Luka, Luka, yeah. Luca. Luca is like the hybrid of a guard forward. Like he was technically registered as a forward. He's tall enough to be a forward, but he's way taller than a guard. Like he's got guard skills, but more of a forward frame. So I, I would love to see Devin Booker make something more of himself and maybe provide a little bit more to their team. Um, But I, I just think his, your overall ceiling is so, is so much lower being, a a guard i mean just when it comes down to its height and your utility i i honestly don't see him going that much higher than where he is now but yeah no i'd like I, I, i'd I, like I, to be proven wrong i would like to be <laughs> yeah no and and, he, and 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 to be fair he really has taken some important steps forward right uh like you mentioned it with with leadership and just kind of being that guy like he's going to do what the team needs him to do. You know, he, he's not, he's not going to score 70 points this year. You know right. I mean? One. And, and uh, one other thing that I forgot about too, is like they went out on a limb getting that first pick and getting Dondre Ayton, who has not lived up to a number one pick level. He's got, yeah. he's got talent and he knows how to play well. But I mean, the, as the franchise, they, they've, they've got people, they've got players on that team to make a difference. I mean, Ubre was a good pickup. Um, another really yeah, underrated pickup was, you know, Dario Saric. Yeah, Aaron Baines. Uh, the other one that has always slept on is Tyler Johnson. Um, yep, yep. You know, they've, they've got pieces to make it work. It's just overall making it mesh. There's a lot of things that play into it. And I don't know. Maybe it's not – I don't think it's necessarily Booker. I mean, he's he's the he's the scorer in that team. Maybe it's more of a front office issue than it is more with him. I'm not sure. No, it really, it really does seem like that because they haven't – they haven't drafted well. They didn't draft. They didn't draft well with with eight, and they didn't draft well this past year either. So, right. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You, 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 no matter how many good trades or, or off uh, like signings you make, if you're not drafting, you know those franchise guys, it's really hard to make that impact. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool, cool. Well, uh, thanks for thanks for that insight. Um, I'll definitely. That's something I'll I'll think about here. It was in the a good take. Sure. It was a good take. Yeah. On your on your yeah, end. No doubt. 
Um, okay. Well, just uh, we'll kind of leave behind sports just for a little bit and uh, just real quick touch on um, one of both of our other favorite things, which are which is uh, the cinema. Yeah. Film, um, the movies. Um, so we'll just kind of uh, run through it pretty quick. I think there's um, some movies that came out last year that, that you saw that I didn't get to see and possibly vice versa as well. But yeah. just to start out, um, favorite movie from last year that you saw, maybe a couple different favorite movies that just really stand out to you as like that. Okay, twenty nineteen. You know that was that was kind of the movie that like did it for me. You know. Yeah. Hmm. So I'd have to say Uncut Gems um, was, I think, my favorite movie of twenty nineteen. Um, even with Endgame in the mix, I liked Endgame. Yeah. I still yeah. like it. Uh, it had a lot of plot holes, which is so hard to avoid considering the magnitude of that movie. Um, right. But I mean, Endgame was still a just a it was a spectacle. I mean, it was un yeah. it was unbelievable how great that film was. Um, but Uncut Gems had um, the Safdie brothers did such a good job of following that brand that they have of making you feel like like it one of the biggest things that we've we've talked about it before in like modern society is you know uh, this this new out this like almost epidemic of depressive behaviors and anxiety and stuff like Mm -hmm. that and a lot like you know not to you know make heart too bad on the boomer generation like you know the okay boomers but um, you know, one of the things is that a lot of people tend to play down anxiety and stuff like that. And they really don't empathize and understand what it's like living with that. And so those, mm. mo- these movies that they've made, at least the two big ones, the, the most, uh, recognizable ones they've made like good time. That was the one with Robert Pattinson. Um, yep, yep. and then uncut gems, <clears throat> you, you feel like you are living it, it, it. Like it's the closest thing that I've ever had. Like, as far as feeling like just constantly anxious the entire movie like it's unreal the feeling that you get from it my brother was like i can't watch that movie again not because i didn't like it i don't know if i can either (laughs) yeah like he was like no it had great content it's just i i can't handle that feeling again (laughs) yeah well i mean that's a really good point you bring up i hadn't thought about that because i mean obviously i know that it induced anxiety in me and i know that it was it was hard to watch um but I hadn't thought about that of giving it like serving that purpose of giving others that perspective that we don't have and kind of putting ourselves in the shoes of those who live like that, you know, every day. Right. Obviously, in, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the situation of Adam Sandler, it, a lot of it was self-induced anxiety. Um, <laughs> but, yes, but I, definitely. I, I, I really appreciate you bringing up that point, though, because that's, you know, something yeah. I hadn't thought of. Yeah. And uh, he got snubbed, too. I am baffled. That he yeah, was it, zero nominations. Well, and yeah. he, not only that, I mean, he didn't get it, and the movie didn't get any at all. I, I was surprised by that because uh, it, it was yeah. an extremely well-made movie. There's no doubt. Yeah, like don't get me wrong, the Joker was good, but uh, eleven nominations. Come on, come on now. Yeah. Um, I, was, yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, like you know, and Leonardo DiCaprio, like man, swap him out. Like he, he's already got his time. Like you know. <laughs> Like no, nobody is raving about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The general consensus was eh, it was all right, but like nobody's putting it on this on the same level as like Pulp Fiction, you know? Yeah. But. So so I 
um, I haven't seen Joker or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So those are probably yeah. two that I would I would like to hear kind of from you on like because obviously those are getting a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, now that it's Oscar season, so yeah. It, at least from what I'm what I'm hearing you say right now, you know, maybe a little bit unwarranted. At least the you know I haven't the, seen eleven double digit nominations or whatever you know. Yeah, I haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, okay. I haven't seen it yet, but I I have it in my little. Uh, itunes queue of things that i want to watch like it's definitely there um i did watch joker recently um okay and uh it was it was it was a really good movie um it as far as the hype that it's been given like i don't know i i feel like sometimes you make a movie just for oscar season like the revenant was was pretty much like custom made for leonardo dicaprio to go and win best actor like it was served up on a silver platter for him um i feel like joker was the same way because they they took the already famed um performance of heath ledger in the same Mm -hmm. role and they shifted the scope to where he won an oscar for best supporting actor so instead they took, okay, we've got this character mold to where we are going to make everything about him. And I mean, it is a very tragic story and you empathize with him and his plight um, of like the way the movie shot, it's just so dreary and it makes you feel awful watching it um, the whole time. Like, you know, not just for things that happened to him, but like just the way the, env- the way the cinematography on the movie is fantastic. It, it really does perpetuate this theme especially with the 80s and kind of the bland color palette that they bring in with it like mm-hmm. it's a very very dreary movie uh joaquin phoenix did an outstanding job uh, i mean i th- i think he deserves a nod but uh i don't think he i don't think he did better than sandler in uh in gems um right i also don't think he did a better job than adam driver in marriage story um interesting yeah uh, I I really liked uh, Driver's performance in that one, um, but but Joker Joker does a good job. Like it's definitely a timepiece. Um, it it kind of was like Taxi Driver. Um, mm. it, it was it really had the it was basically like Taxi Driver. Fast forward uh, 30, 40 years, but you put it in the same time period, and you put a charismatic actor in the leading in you know in the front seat and you know in the front seat and the movie's all about them like De Niro you know in that movie everything was about him like you know the classic you you looking at me you looking at me um you know and 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 with Joaquin Phoenix he really fills that out because there's no strong support in that movie like everything everything comes down to him every single part of the movie um it's about him so I I feel like um it it it, it's definitely overhyped like you said before um but it it's good, and I wouldn't want to take anything away from it entirely. It's just uh, there's it happens. It's it's just it comes with the the Oscars, whether it's done and purposefully or not. You know the snubs. You're always going to have snubs in some shape or form, and unfortunately, it just had to go to somebody that I think had an outstanding performance and you know a really high chance of doing that. But um, I, I I am anxious to see once upon a time in hollywood but just from what i've read and uh or more than anything like from what i've talked about with others uh my friends and people that i value their opinion 
a lot of people said it was good, but not not the kind of good where you generate an Oscar. The biggest thing that I'm looking forward to is Parasite, um, which I yeah. believe I don't know if it's available to rent now. I think I can get it on Amazon now. Um, Probably, yeah. But that is renowned right now, and it's South it's uh, South Korean, um, yep. which South Korean cinema is. I, I can't wait for it. Uh, some of the most it, like it, it's popping, dude. It's it's, it's ooh, happening over there. Some of the most jarring movies I've ever seen have been South Korean. So I'm yep. that's yep. the one I'm looking forward to, and I'm really pulling for like blindly. Um, that's the one that I'm really going to jump into. I want to hear your thoughts on kind of kind of your views of the big the big 2019, the big the big shebang. What was the oh, yeah, for sure. yeah. what what was your high point of the year? And don't even even think about saying Star Wars Episode Nine. <laughs> if if you if you do, I'm gonna hit this little X here on the screen and uh, call it a night. <laughs> no, I, I I don't I don't think I I'm kind of you know to be honest I'm kind of Star Wars out. Um, yeah. I uh, so I don't think I'm gonna touch on that in this podcast at, at all. Actually, beautiful, uh, it's wonderful. But but one thing I kind of um, and I could be, be completely off base on what I'm about to say. Um, but it kind of seems to me like we're at like the end of an era a little bit in, in, in movies and kind of starting a new era. Um, you know, this, this past year we had Endgame, we had Star Wars, some of these huge movies. And for so long, movies have been kind of like this escape, right? We go to some fantasy world, we get out of our harsh reality. Um, but then these movies like Marriage Story come along, like Parasite, you know, in maybe even Joker to an extent. I haven't seen it. Um, but these movies that kind of like any and also um, Uncut Gems, right? They yeah. force us to kind of to look in the mirror, right? They force us to to reflect and think about, oh, wait, you know, maybe before I look to get out and, you know, experience something that's not real, I need to deal with what's right in front of me. Um, we need to understand the difficulties of those around us, um, you know, whether it be, you know, things like depression that it deals with in Joker or anxiety and uncut gems or divorce in marriage story or, um, you know, feminism and equal opportunity in a movie like um, Little Women. I'm not sure if you saw that one as well, but also a very I good haven't. movie. Yeah. Um, you know, so these, these kind of just like very real world topics. Right. And I think especially, you know, in the times that we live in, um, with the country being um, wh- what I believe to, to be very divided, um, living in, you know, diverse times. Um, I, I, I really wonder if we're going to tr- kind of see a shift in movies here um, towards more of that introspective look and people, I mean, obviously people are still going to want to escape, but you know, m- movies, movies have a lot of power. They have a lot of influence. Oh yeah. And I think especially as we, start to bring in more diverse voices like um, you know the 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 korean director or um female directors like greta gerwig um and other people like like that you know who don't you know they don't come from the the same uh mainstream you know spielberg uh george lucas type vein of just trying to get us out of our problems but rather face them i want i really wonder if that's going to be kind of a thing that we start to see here in the next little bit yeah, that's that's a that's an extremely valid point. Um, uh, I mean, these these movies that have been coming out. Um, I mean, film. I mean, the the cinema universe is art. That's yeah. our 
that's one of our biggest artistic outlets in terms of the people who are creating this art and art carries can has the power to carry so many different messages but you know you can totally adjust it and fine-tune it especially in a film um and yeah you're right it a lot of these big pivotal movies outside uh i mean the comic movies yeah they 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 can carry on general themes but um yeah these these movies that have come out they they pose i think that's what makes it such a great what makes it such a great experience in some of these is because it forces you to question your very way of thinking your perspective on the world um you know joker almost joker seems like it's a it, it, it focuses on these loners, these outsiders, these people who commit these heinous acts, and it really makes you really want to see what what made them that way. It kind of goes down to this point of where we progress as a society. We're moving away from just labeling everything good or bad, and it raises this question, are people really born evil, or do we have these people that are just inherent, like, is there an inherent disposition to commit evil? like you're destined for it or is it really mm-hmm. just you're exposed to some really, really crappy parts of society and you're the one that's pooped on. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, we kind of reap what we sow. Um, that's a huge thing. Uh, marriage story is another one that it, it addresses. Like, you know, I, I've never seen a movie like as funny as it sounds. The, like the only other movie I can think of that really addresses divorce as big as this is like Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, really, like, really, Marriage Story, like, kind of puts on the big boy pants when it comes down to divorce, and it brings in such a realistic aspect that, like, yeah, uh, you know, the litigation, time with your kids, like, it, it really does kind of put this thing, like, divorce is a huge, huge part of American culture. Um, I mean, I, I believe our divorce rates have been around, I mean, I'm, I, if I'm not mistaken, they've hovered around. 50 55 percent so i mean yeah, one out yeah. one out of two marriages it's it's not gonna work um yeah and it, it's kind of interesting to see how how that plays in our society and you know the message of marriage story where you know they as as much as it tore the two of them apart they were able to make it work and it wasn't ideal it wasn't how they wanted it but you know they're they're smart enough and perceptive enough to where they can make it work um, and kind of swallow their pride in some instances and do that. So, um, yeah, it's it, the, these films, it, it, they really are mirroring what we see as a society. We see a lot of angst. We see broken, uh, broken marriages, broken homes. And they, sometimes it takes a movie for us to kind of just wake up and kind of smell the roses and uh, really, really kind of uh, put a spin on what we see. And then, the point that you raised earlier that's even more enticing to the whole concept is that we've get we get exposed to these different directors with different visions because they come from different cultures and we embrace some of the things that they go through or some of the things that they see if i'm from what i've read on parasite it's it's a piece about class distinction and class um and things like that which you know, that that's always going to be a prevalent theme, but we're just seeing it so much more now where we are um, with, you know, the the disparity between income levels and and things like that. So there's there's definitely a lot. It's you're definitely right. I, I, I you're you hit it right on the head with what we can expect. I we're we're, we're still going to have these campy feel good movies and 
Hollywood yeah, is still it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, Hollywood's still going to be an outlet for making money. I mean, bottom line, yeah. a lot of these films you need to make money, and that's the that's it's a the business. Goal. Yeah, yeah, but but you know the art, the artistic flair, and the uh, and that stuff. I I think we're going to see more of what you hinted at. Yeah, for sure. Um, just uh, that that st- stuff about the the class disparity made me think of. I watched the uh, the closing statement from the Democratic debate last night from Bernie Sanders, and not gonna lie, kind of feeling the burn a little bit right now. Uh, yeah, he, he's. He's got some interesting stuff, but I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. I don't, I don't want to touch too much on politics <laughs> in this podcast, but um, I, I, w- I will bring you on, uh, mark my words, I'll bring you on closer to uh, once we get into primary season and stuff like that. Uh, I'll, I'll bring you back on so we can talk a little more about that. Yes, but, sir. Um, for, for fear of, 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 of ending this on too much of a depressing note, um, I, I think that you know the bigger picture here is, is kind of what you touched on with, with that marriage story stuff and the the power of those diverse voices, you know, um, at, at the end of the day there, I mean, not every movie has a happy ending, but in marriage story, for example, they learned how to, how to work through it. You know, they realize, you know, we've had these challenges, life sucks sometimes, but, um, life goes on, right. We can move right. on. Um, I think, I think that's a super important lesson. Um, and just being willing to, um, to even, you know, to, to accept other people for who they are, to, um, you know, allow people to be around you, even though you, you might not like them or have a lot in common with them. I think those are just really powerful messages that we're, we're learning from these these different uh, different voices and different perspectives that we're seeing. Um, so at the end of the day, I do believe that there is a, po- a positive spin on all this. Um, and hey, if you, if you need to feel good um, after all this, Go go watch Endgame if you need to. Although the ending to that <laughs> might, might, not, might not make you feel good. Go uh, there's there's always a death at the end of these. Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert! But <laughs> go uh, uh, go watch Jojo Rabbit. I don't know. I think I think that might have a happy ending. <laughs> I, I yeah. I, I would hope. <laughs> I hope so. Um, but anyway, um, thanks for coming on, Sam. Thanks for having uh, me. If, if you guys didn't hear at the beginning, check out his podcast, The Nameless Podcast on Spotify and everywhere else you can find your podcasts. Yes, sir. Uh, and any, any closing, uh, closing remarks from our friend? Uh, uh, yeah. Clo- closing statements. Um, cheez are great. Uh, God is good. No, God is great. Actually, there's probably better adjectives we could use. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah and i rest my case your honor <laughs> amen I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and hit, hit the retweet on that check us out on twitter uh at caleb turner 23 what's what's your at on twitter oh it's uh sam bear pig 10 is what it is there you go check him out check it check out his podcast and uh thanks for tuning to turner time podcast we'll check you guys later toodles Thank you.